Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Acts. Today is episode 319. Look at Acts chapter 26, verses 24 through 32. Let's read our passage. As he was saying these things in his defense, Festus exclaimed in a loud voice, You're out of your mind, Paul. Too much study is driving you mad. But Paul replied, I'm not out of my mind, most excellent Festus. On the contrary, I'm speaking words of truth and good judgment. For the king knows about these matters, and I can speak boldly to him. For I'm convinced that none of these things has escaped his notice, since this was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you believe. Agrippa said to Paul, Are you going to persuade me to become a Christian so easily? I wish before God, replied Paul, that whether easily or with difficulty, not only you, but all who listen to me today might become as I am, except for these chains. The king, the governor, Bernice, and those sitting with them got up, and when they had left, they talked with each other and said, This man is not doing anything to deserve death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been released if he had not appealed to Caesar. Well, this is concluding Paul's time in Caesarea. He was sent there because there was a plot to kill him in Jerusalem. And then he was kept in Caesarea by Felix for two years because Felix recognized his innocence but didn't want to offend the Jewish leaders. Then when Festus took over, the Jews approached him about releasing Paul to them for trial, but Festus agreed to hold a hearing in Caesarea. He found nothing really to the charges, but then wanted to do a favor for the Jews, so he asked Paul if he could go to Jerusalem to be tried by Festus. Paul, at that point, had no choice but to appeal to Caesar, because he knew that Festus was already making allowances to the Jews, and if he ended up in Jerusalem, he would probably be killed. So he made his appeal to the emperor. Well, the governor, Festus, didn't know what to do now. He understood there was a disagreement about Jewish things. And luckily for him, Agrippa and Bernice come to visit the new governor. And Agrippa is an expert in Jewish things. So he tells Agrippa about Paul. Agrippa asks to hear Paul speak. And so Festus sets up this hearing with Agrippa in which Paul recites his background, his zeal at persecuting Christians, and then his conversion experience with the risen Christ at Damascus. Then he summed up the, the basics of the gospel, speaking all about resurrection and forgiveness of sin. Now, Agrippa understands what he's saying, because this is all flowing just out of the prophecies of the Old Testament, But Festus doesn't have that kind of background. So that's where we pick it up here in verse 24. As he was saying these things in his defense, Festus exclaimed in a loud voice, You're out of your mind, Paul. Too much study is driving you mad. Now, from our perspective, we read all and say, Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But if we've got a a biblical understanding, of of course it all makes sense. Uh, Particularly from our New Testament perspective. 
But even as people steeped in the Old Testament, this all makes sense. The promise of resurrection, the promise of forgiveness, the promise of heaven, the promise of a relationship with God. This is all things spoken of throughout the Old Testament. And Paul puts it all together in this nice package. And for somebody steeped in the Old Testament, it makes sense. You may not believe it, but it certainly makes sense. But for a Roman like Festus, this does not make sense. So he actually interrupts Paul as Paul's talking about resurrection of Jesus, the first resurrection. Anyone who has faith in him can be forgiven of sin and experience their own resurrection. Festus says, you, you are crazy, Paul. You're out of your mind. And you've actually been studying too hard. Paul responds here in verse 25, says, I'm not out of my mind, most excellent Festus. On the contrary, I'm speaking words of truth and good judgment. So his response is, well, no, this all makes perfect sense. But he doesn't speak so much to Festus here. Throughout all this, he's been addressing King Agrippa. And that's who he was brought to speak to. And right here in verse 26, he says, for the king knows about these matters. And I can speak boldly to him. For I'm convinced that none of these things has escaped his notice, since this was not done in a corner. So King Grip does understand the basics of what Paul is saying, because he understands the Old Testament. He understands what's going on. And he knows about Christianity. That's where Paul says, for I'm convinced that none of these things has escaped his notice, since this was not done in a corner. Now, this idea of something done in a corner can have two meanings. One, it can mean that it was hidden, hidden from plain view. It was done in secret. And it's not been the case with Christianity. It was incredibly public. The, the death of Jesus was very public. What Jesus was executed for was very public. And the claims that Jesus has risen from the dead have been made publicly. So it has not been done in secret. Everything's been very public. The other meaning can be, hasn't had much effect, that it's small. It's just a little bit of stuff going on in the corners, not very widespread. In which case, Paul could be meaning that this isn't some little tiny, you know, band of five people who believe this. This is a very widespread belief in the things that he is saying. Now, in both cases of the meaning of done in a corner are applicable. And Paul could well mean both of these. This isn't hidden. It's very public. And it's not small scale, some little closet group. This is a widespread belief. So Agrippa has noticed these things because it's very public and widespread. So verse 27 Paul pushes it here. He says, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you believe. Now, Agrippa's in a quandary here. How to respond to this? If Agrippa says, yes, I believe the prophets, then Paul's going to say, then why don't you believe in Jesus Christ? But Agrippa can't very well say, no, I don't believe the prophets because he is known as the king of the Jews. So he doesn't answer the question. 
So verse 28, Agrippa says to Paul, Are you going to persuade me to become a Christian so easily? He recognized what Paul's doing, and Paul's not being sneaky about it. Paul challenged him. Okay, you've heard all I have said here. You have heard how I've explained what the prophets have been calling for. And if you believe that, then why not believe in Jesus Christ? And so Agrippa basically pushes it back and says, you're going to think you're going to make me a Christian as easy as that? Paul responds in verse 29, I wish before God, replied Paul, that whether easily or with difficulty, not only you, but all who listen to me today might become as I am, except for these chains. And his answer there is, yeah, I do want you to become a Christian whether you, you come to Christ easily or whether it takes this difficulty and it's not just you, but every single person here, I wish they could believe. And he says, I wish they could become as I am, that is a believer, a follower of Christ, except for the chains. Now, he's been a fairly well-treated prisoner. He's been allowed to have visitors and such. We don't know he's actually in change. He, he, he could just be speaking metaphorically of being a prisoner. So whether he's physically in chains or not, uh, it doesn't matter. It's, uh, the, the point is, he's a prisoner. And his point is, I want all of you to become like I am. Other than the prisoner part, but be a believer. So at this point, the king cuts off the interview and says, Okay, we're done here. Verse 30, The king, the governor, Bernice, and those sitting with them got up, and when they had left, they talked with each other and said, This man's not doing anything to deserve death or imprisonment. Well, it's about the fifth time that Paul's been declared innocent in the, the last few chapters here of the book of Acts. When Paul was brought before the Sanhedrin by the Roman commander, the Pharisees rose to his defense and said, This man doesn't deserve death. Then when the Roman commander sent Paul to Caesarea with the letter. He says he hasn't done anything deserving death or imprisonment. When the Jews came and made their case to Festus, he said he hasn't done anything that deserves death or imprisonment. And then when Festus met with Agrippa, he said, and as far as I can tell, he hasn't done anything deserving death or imprisonment. And now here, this whole group so we don't know who actually said what, but the idea here is you've got the governor, Festus, you've got King Agrippa, and then you have all the king's advisors, and they've all agreed, probably unanimously, he may be crazy, but he hasn't done anything worthy of death or imprisonment. In verse 32, Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have appeared been released if he had not appealed to Caesar. Well, we said, oh, gosh, isn't that unfortunate that he appealed to Caesar? Well, he was pretty much forced into that because Festus wanted to take him to Jerusalem to stand trial, and there's no way that would have come off. Now, Festus didn't know they were plotting to assassinate him on the trip, but one way or another, they were going to kill Paul if he went to Jerusalem. So Paul was pretty much forced to make the appeal to the emperor. Now, we read this and we say, well, can't he still be released? We say basically we're dropping the charges, so doesn't that cancel the appeal? 
Well, I don't understand the legalities of things, but there's also how things look. Because if Paul's made his appeal to the emperor, and then Festus drops the charges, essentially, and releases him, then how does he look? Like, uh, well, he made a bad decision that he's backing down on now. So then the appeal wasn't over a decision. The appeal was over process. And so they seem to both agree, Festus and Agrippa, that the legal thing to do is go ahead and send him to Rome with the appeal. But it also kicks the can down the road for both Agrippa and Festus. They both want good relationships with the Jewish leaders. And so by sending him to Rome, it gets Paul out of the way, gets rid of Paul, and they don't have to make a decision publicly about Paul. So Paul has preached to Gentiles, he's preached to Jews, and he's preached to rulers. He's preached to governors, and he's preached to now a king. So he's on his way to Rome. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue looking at the book of Acts.